0: Before getting into today's episode, I wanted to touch base about the episode I put out last week which was all about university. Now, I should be a little bit more specific and say that it was about my experience in university. And after I recorded the episode, I thought to myself, was that a bit doom and gloom? Like, was it a bit skewed on the negative side of the spectrum? But honestly, it felt cathartic in a way to share things about this experience that I had that I felt kind of alone in feeling and I felt like this was supposed to be this fun exciting time and although it was just like any life experience there were things that I found challenging that I never really felt comfortable sharing or talking about and really that's the whole purpose of this podcast. However, The fear that I had in putting out this episode, you know, and the kind of insecurity that I felt about it being a bit on the negative side of the spectrum was reflected in one of the pieces of feedback. Not all. I got some really good feedback about the episode, predominantly positive feedback, but one thing came through, one comment came through that said, I was looking for something that would be motivating and this was not it. And you know I thought about it and I was like yeah I appreciate that and I don't think that it would be something that would be particularly motivating but at the same time I if I didn't make this clear in the episode I wanted to make it clear now I have first of all zero regrets whatsoever about my university experience there were really positive really expansive really exciting fun educational, you know, growth moments throughout that experience, of course, and my decision to take the approach that I did with last week's episode was actually just to speak to some of the nuance of that experience and speak to some of the aspects that I don't see being talked about as much, not to discourage anyone from going down that path, but more so to just validate that if you are thinking about it, or maybe you're in that experience and you're feeling any of these things, whether that's loneliness or trouble making friends, that that's okay. You're not alone. And not only are you not alone, there are things that can help with that. I spoke about how, yes, university was, especially at the beginning, a very lonely, kind of isolating experience, but it helped me to understand how important friendship and community was. I talked about how I had a difficult time in first year making close friends and meeting people that I really connected with and that helped me to understand what I was looking for in friends. So, Again, I never ever through this podcast want to discourage you from going down a certain path or making a certain decision because it may have challenges associated with it. I am solely seeking to normalize certain conversations that I was lacking and I really don't intend to convince anyone on this podcast one way or another to go to university not to go to university and really this conversation wasn't exclusive as I mentioned to university. I wanted to talk about these themes in any scenario where we're breaking out of what we're comfortable with, so whether that's solo travel or moving away from home for the first time, and just to normalize that yes it's fun yes it's exciting yes there's so much growth that can happen but it's okay if in between those moments of fun and excitement you're feeling that loneliness and isolation i really do appreciate the feedback though i know it's not always easy to give feedback but it helps me so much to have ideas for future episodes to understand how things are resonating and so i definitely really appreciate that and appreciate if you continue to send me those comments okay with that said. Let's get into the topic for today. Now, as I've kind of reflected a little bit more about my life path and what's brought me the most joy in life and what makes me feel the most alive, one of the things that immediately comes to mind is my relationship with my creativity. And because this is so interconnected with basically my entire career and also just the way that I like to approach my life, it's really important to me to constantly be feeding that relationship and reflecting on it and trying to have a positive relationship with that aspect of my life. There have certainly been times that I feel, I don't feel the greatest about my creative life. I feel like I take a lot of outside influences and outside pressures, like the need to be productive, the need to have things look a certain way, the need to be pumping out a certain amount of output in a specific period of time. I take some of these pressures and I internalize them and I speak to myself in such a way that is very harsh. And I've found over time that that has negative impact on my creative life and my ability to be connected to things that I would identify to be very vital to my creativity. Now, I'm not sure if this next part is going to make sense, but some of the forces that I had just mentioned, you know, productivity, needing to produce a certain amount of output in a specific amount of time, and some of these pressures that I've in a lot of my work life and a lot of my education life I've really tried to approach my creative life quite differently and being self-employed kind of having the option to decide what that's going to look like I've tried to sort of incubate and sort of shelter my relationship with my creativity from these forces to the best of my abilities but I noticed that one way that I tried to do this was to not really read or consume anything about creativity because it kind of felt like I was being overly analytical to something that should be just natural. Part of me wonders if the reason that I've kind of avoided consuming specifically books about creativity is because I may still have an association with reading sort of educational or nonfiction things with academia and also with sort of a workplace environment and you know reading something in order to become more efficient in a specific area again kind of just reminds me of certain aspects of life where I felt like I needed to be a perfectionist and I needed to be extremely productive and analytical and all these things that again I wanted to incubate my creative life from but I kind of started to shift that and I started to see that I could consume books and resources about creativity as a way of opening my mind and perhaps even reestablishing that really positive relationship that I've had with creativity again. So there are two books that I came across, recommendations I believe from different podcasts maybe or people that I follow. The first is The Creative Act. And the second is The War of Art. Both of them are relatively short books. And to be honest, they're not books that I can like sit down and read for large chunks of time. I feel like I kind of consume them in pieces and I'm still actually making my way through both. I'm not forcing myself to read them with any kind of timeline in mind. But what I found is they've sparked a few different ideas and helped me to actually restore that relationship that I've had with creativity that feels really good, that is somewhat, you know, incubated from some of these things that have brought me a lot of anxiety. And that ultimately just make me feel really good as a creator, not just professionally, but you know, in my own personal life, in the way that I approach reality creation, manifestation, and allowing myself to define that relationship in a way that really works for me. One of my main takeaways as I was reading some of these books and kind of internalizing some of the messages and just reflecting a little bit more on my own relationship with creativity, and by the way, I prefer to call it a relationship because I see many things in my life as a relationship and it helps me to understand that it's a reciprocal flow of energy. I've said this about my relationship with money, about my relationship with my career, and it just helps me to look at it as something that is alive and requiring attention and requiring openness and evolution just like any other relationship. But one of the things that I really took away from this reflective period is that the conditions under which my relationship with my creativity will thrive are deeply personal and they're going to look different for me than anyone else. So I think in the past I would have looked at people who I would respect creatively or who embodied some aspect of what I had you know, assumed was the pinnacle of creativity or creative living, I would look at the way that they approached it and I would assume that that's how I had to do things in order to thrive, in order to feel good, in order to be successful. One of the things that has brought me a lot of personal success, though, not just in my relationship with creativity, but also in my career, in my personal life, in my friendships, etc is to create the conditions that help me to thrive and that cater to my unique way of being and a prerequisite to that is to acknowledge that there is nothing wrong with my way of doing things with my way of operating and you know in many different ways it's not just creativity we are presented with this ideal way of doing things and if we don't fit into that then we think that there's something defective or wrong with us. I have recently made it a very prominent goal of mine to notice when I'm feeling that way and to kind of eliminate those thoughts and to just at the very least be aware of them and when it comes to my creativity, something specifically that I've done actually that has been very, very helpful and it's very, very simple has been to just write down the thoughts that my inner critic is having every single time they come up. And I have a little list. It's just on my phone. It's very simple. And it just says, I think it says something like delete these thoughts. Just something very simple. And every time I have something come up, that says you aren't successful because finish the sentence. So you aren't successful because you don't have a niche or what you're creating isn't interesting enough or your life isn't interesting enough or you're not doing really fun things. Any of these thoughts that come up, they go in the delete this list. And it's just a way for me to become aware of this never ending stream of thoughts that are telling me why I'm not experiencing a result that I desire, but that aren't really rooted in anything, like they're not really rooted in reality. They're just external ideas I've come up with to separate myself from what it is that I desire. So I'm creating all of these attachments and all of these reasons why in my head, I'm not where I want to be. In this case, creatively. So the goal here is to restore the idea that the way that I am, creatively and otherwise, is not only okay, it's necessary. Me expressing myself exactly as I am is necessary in order for someone else to hear those things, to resonate with those things, to maybe gain something from it and gain something that will help their own relationship with creativity or any topic that I share here or anywhere in my creative kind of life. And as I restore that idea about myself, I see myself as worthy of having the right conditions in place to help my relationship with my creativity thrive. And just to give you a little glimpse into what my brainstorming or my creative process looks like for specifically this podcast, is I will sit down, I will sometimes do a brain dump, and I will just kind of start to gather some thoughts and some ideas that will become a little bit more crystallized, and then an episode will start to take shape. Now, as I was writing down my thoughts for this episode, for whatever reason, something that kept coming up was this idea of like a recipe or ingredients. And the way that each individual approaches their specific recipe for creativity is going to look different. What they like is going to look different. Their taste is going to be different. So the ingredients of your creative life and what will help you to thrive the most, what is going to feed your creative life the most is going to look different from mine. But what I wanted to do with this episode is to share what I've identified so far are ingredients that really help me to feed my creative life. So these are essentially the ingredients that nourish my creativity, that help me to feel really healthy from a creative standpoint, that nourish my relationship with my creativity. And to put it quite simply, the ingredients that make me feel good. And because creativity for me is so interconnected with everything that I do, and specifically my career, I want to feel good about it. And these are the things that I've identified over time help me to feel really good and really healthy. So the first and probably perhaps one of the most important ingredients, so this could be like a key ingredient. If you think about a recipe, you have kind of optional ingredients versus key ingredients. For me, obviously a key ingredient to my creativity is attention and focus. And going back to what I said about using a lot of my attention and my focus to come up with these narratives about how I'm not good enough and how other people are doing it better than me, that consumes a lot of that focus and attention that could be open to creative ideas. I, a few years ago, read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert and Certain aspects of that book really stuck with me. One of them was a way of thinking about creativity, which isn't necessarily like sitting down and like forcefully coming up with ideas necessarily, but it's more a quality of openness to a creative realm where there is a multitude of ideas and opportunities and inspiration waiting to kind of have a vessel to deliver those ideas and not to overcomplicate that and not to feel like, you know, it's this complicated thing that we have to do in order to come up with ideas and that ideas are only reserved for specific creative people who have such a meticulous creative routine and who are very disciplined. But for me, that openness requires paying attention and being aware of the signs of a creative idea coming through and having the space in my awareness to observe and be a witness to new ideas coming through. And to be honest, as you've probably picked up from this podcast, I'm not a very like disciplined person and maybe that's a flaw of mine when it comes to creativity or many areas of my life, I'll admit. So I don't necessarily have a practice of like sitting down and focusing necessarily at the same time every day on a new creative idea. But my approach is more so making sure that my mental space is clear of things that would, for example, block creative ideas from coming through or Being aware of how much my mental space is being consumed by things that are not helpful ingredients to my creative life. Just noticing how much of my thoughts and energy and attention are focused towards, you know, being hard on myself, my inner critic, or comparison, or judgment, or jealousy, or narratives, like I said, stories about why I'm not where I want to be, why I'm not good enough, et cetera, and just recognizing how much space that consumes and how much attention that consumes and how that may take up the space of creative ideas. And, you know, also asking sort of, are my thoughts fostering a welcoming space for new creative ideas? I definitely, for many, many years, have been resistant to this ingredient of attention and focus because I have trouble with those things. I have trouble sitting down and devoting time and attention to ideas and fleshing them out. Sometimes I'm very tempted to just like get halfway with an idea and then just run with it. But I do always feel that it's worth giving attention to ideas, just like a relationship. I feel like if we were to be talking about sort of a love language in a relationship, this particular ingredient of attention and focus is like quality time. Spending time with that individual to grow the relationship, to grow the idea. And that for me is probably one of the most challenging to not only actually give my attention and my focus, Creative ideas, but also to clear my mental space from, you know, self judgment, self editing, and ultimately, you know, my inner critic. On the topic of, you know, clearing space, something that goes hand in hand, an ingredient that goes hand in hand for me with attention is space. So sort of thinking about this from the perspective of, for me, childhood was probably one of the times in which my imagination, my creativity, my playfulness, and my joy was at its peak. And one thing that was very prominent in my childhood was boredom. I didn't have a phone, I didn't have an iPad, my family didn't really have a TV, we didn't have cable, and I even remember like asking my dad, you know, what can I do? I'm bored. And he often wouldn't really give me any ideas. And I think because of that, you know, they say that boredom is actually an important sort of prerequisite for creativity because it's a space to fill, if that makes sense. So if we're constantly preoccupied with you know, noise essentially, whether that's consuming something, consuming media, consuming.
1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Material things, whatever it may be, and we don't actually have any space, it can be hard to cultivate those creative ideas. And just like, you know, the ingredient of attention and focus, creating space for me is a challenge because I've gotten into the habit of filling every single minute of every single day with. Some form of noise, whether that's a podcast, an audiobook, ASMR, music, you know, consuming a book, watching a video. And I actually feel quite uncomfortable when I'm not doing one or more of those things. Sometimes I'm even doing a couple at once. So I'll be reading while listening to something or, you know, taking in multiple types of media, for example, or trying to multitask or whatever it may be. So space and creating space and allowing myself to not fill the space with something external can be a real challenge. And to combine the two ideas or two ingredients together of space and attention and focus, it's not necessarily that I need to be sitting idle, doing nothing and just waiting for an idea. What this could actually look like is creating space throughout my day to focus my attention on an idea I'd like to pursue creatively. Sometimes I don't necessarily have that idea in mind for how I want to, you know, lay out that space that I create throughout my day, but sometimes I'll even start That session, for example, so let's say I carve out an hour in my day just to focus on my creativity and pursuing different creative ideas. I can start that session by just asking a simple question, creating some silence, not feeling like I need to do any research, but I can ask a question of like, what do I want to focus on right now? What is interesting to me? What idea do I want to explore? And you know, I mentioned this earlier in the episode, but something that's really helpful for me is to mind dump. So just write whatever comes out. And I even find that that creates a little bit more space in that session to organize my thoughts a little bit more, to start to kind of crystallize different ideas and to know which ones I want to pursue. I previously in my creative life was very, very resistant to any kind of structure. The reason I was resistant again is because this is probably one of those forces that I had kind of labeled as bad because it reminded me of a time where I felt like I was suffocated by structure and routine and I didn't have any freedom during my day. So I kind of swung to the opposite side of the pendulum where I had no structure and creatively I actually found that this was a challenge for me so now I like to find somewhere in the middle where as an example with this podcast I create a little bit of structure to support myself to create that space to give my attention to this podcast and to feel good about that relationship that I'm cultivating to have that quality time. And it doesn't have to look like, you know, sitting down for eight hours a day and just focusing on one thing. For me, what I found works best, again, going back to this idea of what nourishes my creative relationship, small chunks of time regularly that don't always have to be scheduled. Sometimes it's good for me to have them scheduled. Sometimes it's when I feel like it, but making sure that I get that time. And for me, this podcast is an anchor because I know I have to produce something every week, by a certain day, on the same day. And so what a session would look like, that is kind of an example of how I implement these two ingredients in my life of space and attention and focus, would be that Leading up to recording this episode, I would sit down and I would have just a brainstorming session, usually for about an hour. I will come into it usually with a topic that I've already kind of decided I want to explore. And I'll start with a brain dump on that topic. Maybe during that session, sometimes I'll come back for another session. I will start to form ideas and sort of lay out a structure for the episode so things will start to crystallize a bit more and then I'll eventually get to a finished product that I feel comfortable recording an episode with. But without that space and without that attention and focus, I don't really have that opportunity to pull in those ideas, to crystallize those ideas. And for me, it does require quite a bit of kind of mental discipline to sit down and it feels uncomfortable also to be in this kind of abstract space where ideas are floating around but i haven't created like a structured script that i can communicate if that makes sense so this idea realm that we're talking about and the idea that you know you can kind of pull ideas in from that realm For me, it feels very uncomfortable when I'm in that transition where I have these ideas, but I'm not sure how to communicate them. So with that space and with that focus is when I begin to slowly begin to crystallize those ideas into a format that I feel comfortable sharing. Another ingredient, which again is very interconnected with space, And something that occupies a lot of space quite often is judgment and criticism. And so for me, a key ingredient to my creativity is actually freedom and specifically freedom from judgment, self-judgment specifically, from the fear of embarrassment, from the fear of rejection, because for me, each of these things... I think are very natural and i'm not hard on myself about them but the louder the volume is turned up on them and the more space they occupy the harder it is for me to create and in fact i noticed just a lot of resistance to creating i was talking to someone very close to me about this recently who has so much creativity like one of the most creative individuals they're a songwriter, they're so talented, they've already been recognized for their talents and they have this desire to start putting themselves out there on social media but they're so worried and they're so afraid and the fear of embarrassment of being judged by their peers, of people making fun of them, of that discomfort in the period where you know, you're not getting a lot of views or whatever it may be, that's consuming so much space and so much mental energy that there is no freedom to create. You're holding yourself back. And this is just one example. It's something I've struggled with a lot. It's not just that I'm saying this individual is like plagued by this and I can't relate at all. I can. It just so happens that i've created a certain amount of freedom from those thoughts it doesn't mean that i don't still have them but i don't allow them to kind of hold me tight anymore if that makes sense and in doing so in kind of letting myself loose a little bit i know that's kind of i guess cliche to say But letting loose a little bit creatively and giving myself freedom and creating some space from those narratives has helped me both internally to have the space to explore different ideas without constantly having the volume turned up on all these criticisms, but also it's helped me externally to actually put what I'm creating out there into the world and for that to resonate with people and for people to respond to it and for that to feed my creativity. I saw a TikTok that actually articulated this point that I'm making very like perfectly to be honest. It's by this creator who's called Kitty Nor, I believe it's pronounced. Kitty and then K N O R R. I will leave the exact video in the show notes. But basically what they're saying in the video is that not expressing or I guess repressing creative impulses or repressing creative ideas is equivalent to repressing emotions because our creative energy, our creative expression are aspects of our vitality. And if you are someone that has ever experienced repressing creative ideas, repressing your self-expression, you know exactly what this person is talking about. You know exactly how that feels, how that buildup of repressed creative energy feels in your body or at least i definitely know what it feels like and it's a very similar feeling to anxiety for me that's how it manifests it manifests as a buildup of just kind of this anxious energy because i'm not allowing these ideas and these impulses to be expressed so An equivalent of this for me is if I don't communicate something that is on my mind, let's say in a relationship with my partner, thinking of creativity in the same way of over time repressing, repressing, repressing isn't going to feed that Relationship in a healthy way. And so for me, it's been reflecting on why I do that. Why do I stop myself? Why do I allow this resistance to build? And making it a primary goal of mine, not necessarily to silence those fears or that self judgment, but just to create freedom and space from them so that I can continue to express myself perhaps alongside these fears i think for a period of time i felt that what i actually had to do was eliminate the fear of embarrassment eliminate the fear of rejection i no longer aim to do that because i think it's a completely natural thing to desire acceptance from others to desire approval from others to desire love from others but at the same time To not allow the desire for these things to stop us from authentically expressing our emotions, our creativity, our thoughts, our feelings, etc. The approach becomes not to eliminate these things, but for me to turn down the volume on them. And the relationship that each of us has with these inner sources of resistance like the fear of abandonment or embarrassment or rejection is likely going to be informed by our life experience, by our past. And therefore, the way that we navigate those sources of resistance or the way that we turn down the volume on those sources of resistance is going to look different. For me, what that's looked like is... Talking about my fears, you know, articulating them even just in a journal, going to therapy, working through some of the major wounds I have in relation to fear of rejection, embarrassment, etc. And a later expression as I did all of these things of turning down the volume was exposure therapy. And I've talked about this so many times, not necessarily feeling like I needed to just. Force my way out of those fears, but to slowly expose myself to the thing that I'm afraid of and show myself that it's okay. That for me really helps to turn down the volume on some of these inner sources of resistance. And just like my relationship with anything, my relationship with these fears and these things that are preventing me from fully expressing myself creatively evolves over time. And what helps to turn down the volume evolves over time. And something I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that is helping me in this chapter I find myself in is simply naming these resistant thoughts, we'll call them. These thoughts that are resisting the idea that I could be capable of creatively expressing myself and that I could be successful in doing so. So thoughts that separate me as a creator with my desired reality of being a successful creator, for example, or even just freely, creatively expressing myself. Things like, I'm not funny enough. I don't have a bold enough personality. My life isn't interesting enough. Things that say that where I am right now and what I have to express is not good enough so I'm not going to express anything right now I'm going to wait until I'm funny enough or I'm interesting enough for example so creating a list naming those thoughts and for me I always like to come up with like interesting ways of looking at them and for me right now Having this idea of like deleting those from my being is resonating with me. But again, there's so many different ways you could approach this. I know some people have names for their inner critic. And whenever that those thoughts start to bubble up, being able to name it and being able to identify that as something maybe even separate from yourself. So to summarize, this ability to turn down the volume on sources of inner resistance to creative expression or to even exploring different creative ideas is what I would define in an ingredient as freedom. So that is something that is also extremely important to nourishing my creative life. We have three more ingredients And this next one, sometimes I really don't like using this expression because it sounds like a buzzword, but I seriously don't know of any other way to frame it. And this ingredient is an abundance mindset. So sometimes when I'm feeling really creatively sluggish or my relationship with my creativity isn't feeling good, let's just say. I am buying into the idea that there is a shortage of ideas and, you know, someone else has better ideas and I'm never going to be able to access them because, you know, there's only so much to go around. There's only so many ways, excuse me, of expressing and, you know, kind of always feeling like late to the trends, not on top of it. And just like, you know, there's, Only so much to go around, essentially. The reality is, thoughts and beliefs and narratives of this nature that ideas are finite and there's only so much to go around and they're reserved for specific types of people, they don't support or feed my relationship with my creativity in any helpful or beneficial way. When I notice myself slipping into this way of thinking when it comes to creativity that I think could be defined as lack mentality or lack mindset. I have a completely different relationship to creativity as when I shift out of that thinking and identify more with a sort of abundance mindset, with the belief and the narrative that there are plenty of ideas to go around, there's no shortage of ideas and ways of creatively expressing. And, you know, when I find myself in that mode of thinking, I have such a healthy, nourishing, pleasant experience creatively. And so for me, it's worth noticing when I'm slipping into that lack mindset and just interrupting those thoughts. Another way that I find this expressing itself, this lack mentality, is I'll have this attachment to certain ideas. And, you know, specifically ideas that have been very successful for me. So if I launch a series on the podcast or on TikTok and it does really well, but then creatively I feel that it's run its course for that moment and I don't really have anything else to give to that series, for example, I start to slip into lack mentality of, oh no, like, you know, my success has run out, my good luck has run out, I'm not going to be able to continue this series because it doesn't feel fresh anymore so like my time is done I imagine what that feels like I imagine that that's what it feels like to be an artist who has like a really successful song or a couple of songs and then the detachment that you would have to that success and you know perhaps there's a bit of anxiety there of like am I going to be able to replicate that success and I think sometimes how that is expressed for me, that fear that I'm not going to be able to replicate that success is to continue trying to milk that success and run on it even when I don't feel good doing that. So you can imagine how that doesn't feel good from a relationship standpoint to be fixated on a specific chapter and not to allow the relationship to evolve. And for me, that's very rooted in lack mentality and thinking that, you know, my access to this type of success is finite and, you know, it's kind of run its course. And if I don't continue on this specific topic, for example, with this specific idea, I'm never going to experience that again. The thing is, if we think again back to some of the previous ingredients that I shared, space, for example, attention and focus, Releasing the attachment to the old creates room and space for the new. So because for me, my creative expression requires attention and focus, if I'm continuing to ruminate on a past success and I'm continuing to run these narratives that I'll never have that experience again... That consumes a lot of my creative faculties and consumes a lot of my attention and focus, and isn't allowing that space for new, fresh ideas. And for me, these kinds of narratives and these kinds of mentalities, as I mentioned, are very much rooted in that lack mentality. So, this particular ingredient that we're referring to that really helps nourish me and really helps to keep my relationship with my creativity healthy and vibrant is that abundance mindset. Now, I do quickly want to get to two more ingredients. I'm going to keep these ones brief. The first is curiosity. I think that when it comes to curiosity and how that connects with my creativity is I think in order for my creative relationship to thrive, there needs to be sort of an open door and a beginner's mindset. And when I think that I know all there is to know and I know everything, there's no question to be answered. And therefore, there's nothing to be created, if that makes sense. I sometimes feel like my creativity is fed by like, answering a question. If that makes sense. And so I have to kind of audit myself and ask, like, as it relates to this idea that I'm pursuing, do my thoughts feel like an open door? And does it feel like I'm cultivating, again, that space in order for something to flow into? And when I'm sure of something, when I feel like I have all the information, when I feel Not curious to be honest, that's when I feel that that door is closed and I'm not really allowing that opportunity for something to come through. And then the final ingredient that I wanted to share in today's episode is inspiration. And when I've thought about how I relate to the outside world, and exposure to new ideas, I've come to this place where I like to think of the outside world and things that I'm being exposed to, other people that I'm being exposed to, other ideas as options. Or in other words, choices I can make and I can experiment with to express myself creatively, to express a new form of me and to see what that feels like. And I think sometimes, you know, we get fixated on judgment, so we'll see something that we don't like and we feel the need to judge. Don't get me wrong, I'm doing this all the time, but thinking of the outside world in this way as like an opportunity to decide how we want to express something helps me to have a different relationship with the outside world and to not be so judgmental and to be a little bit more experimental with what I play around with creatively. I think that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you enjoyed. I would love to hear your thoughts on this one as I would every single episode, but I kind of felt like this was a bit of an experiment and I wasn't sure if my way of like thinking about it would resonate with you. And so I would really love to hear your thoughts. I do sort of feel like this could lead to a part two because there's so many more things that I could say, but I did want to leave it there for today and leave you with that. So I hope that you enjoyed. Have a great rest of your week. If you are wanting to make feedback, you can either leave it on the Spotify Q and a feature that is Underneath every single episode, or you can share anonymously at the link in the show notes. And like I said, I did share one TikTok from a creator, which I will link in the show notes as well. So that is it for today. Have a wonderful rest of your day and week, and I'll see you in next week's episode.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,